Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibb, broadcasting live from the NYC. It is Wednesday, January 10th, 2018. For the next hour, I'm going to bring you the latest celebrity and entertainment news on Oprah Winfrey, James Franco, Serena Williams, Meghan Markle, Sean Diddy Combs, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to HereToListen.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org slash caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Joan Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment, celebrity news, and pop t- culture. If you like the show and you want to know what's going on, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. Call in number 347-637-2656. And press the number 1, that's 347-637-2656, and press the number 1. Also, like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain 1, that's T-H-A-T-S, Entertain, and the number 1. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14, Stiletto like the shoe, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, and the number 14. And also follow me on Instagram, just type in T. Jones is that's T J O N E S G I B B S. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a sunny 37 degrees. Uh, before I get started with the first story of the day, I'd like to give a shout-out to everyone that's currently on the phone lines, in the chat room, on your computer. Thank you for joining me here on the first Wednesday, well, the second Wednesday, rather, of the new year of 2018. Also, um, if you want to know more about the show or if you can't tune in live every week, you can also to, uh, listen to the show on iTunes. You can also go to Stitcher.com. That's a website that has over, like, almost 100,000-plus radio shows and podcasts. Just type in That's Entertainment Online Radio in the search box if you can't check the show live. And also, you can also go to the archives here on Block Talk Radio if you can't listen to the show live every Wednesday afternoon. Well, it's the first 
show of 2018. How is everyone doing? It's good to be back. Happy New Year. It's been two weeks since the last show, so I'm hoping everyone is having a great New Year so far. Well, this show, this this week we're going to be talking about Oprah Winfrey. Who is not talking about Oprah Winfrey? You know, she, if you watch the Golden Globe Sunday night, you know, she received the uh, Susan B. DeMille Award, and the speech that she gave was phenomenal. It was so phenomenal that everybody was like, we got to vote for Oprah. We got, everybody's chanting, Oprah Winfrey for 2020. Everybody wants Oprah to run for president. Well, uh, Oprah had said last year that she had no intentions of running, and you know, her best friend, Gail King, who works at CBS This Morning, she kind of confirmed that Oprah was not going to, wasn't taking it into consideration. But a lot of people who worked on President Obama's campaign uh, just wants to quit their job and actually help her with her campaign. But I'll give you the latest on that. Also, the latest actor to be accused for inappropriate behavior, I'm talking about James Franco. You know, he won a Golden Globe Award this past Sunday. And now, after his appearance, people are coming on Twitter saying how dare he show his face, how dare he wears the pen time up. Because, you know, a lot of the men, the gentlemen, were wearing the times up pens. Um, I think I, I think. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was the only actress I saw with the Time's Up button on her dress. But everybody's saying, how dare he? And one actress in particular, Ali Sheedy, who we all know from The Breakfast Club, she had posted on on, on Twitter how, she, you know, why was J- James Franco there? Uh, there's been two women, according to this report, that has accused him. Uh, in uh, inappropriate behavior, I'll tell you who they are and what they are accusing James Franco of. Also, this week, Serena Williams speaks to Vogue magazine. She's on the cover of the February 2018 issue, and she talks about how you know she's you know she has this beautiful baby girl, but you know after the two months, she had some complications after she gave birth. And she talks about it with Vogue. She talks about how she was feeling. And it sounded like she was going through some postpartum. Uh, if you listen to the story, it looked like she was going through some postpartum issues. But she is real. She's telling it, you know, everybody thinks that motherhood is it's supposed to be this beautiful moment, this beautiful time. But a lot of women don't have a clue what to do. They feel overwhelmed. Uh, they have this beautiful human being, this little human being in their arms, and everything is like, oh, my God. Some women panic. Some women are sobbing. They just don't know what to do. So Sarita Williams is the latest celebrity to come forward to talk about what happened to her and the complications she experienced after giving birth to her little baby girl. Also, Meghan Markle is back in the news. Apparently, she just got less social. I'll tell you what that means. And everybody, if you guys haven't heard about the the controversial H&M ad of the little uh, boy, the black boy who was in a sweatshirt saying with the with that red coolest monkey in the jungle, well, Diddy apparently 
is thinking about hiring him, giving him a $1 million contract on the table to model for his brand, which is Sean John. Now, just over the wire, this just came in. The mother, now people are outraged, but the mother of the little boy didn't see what was the big deal, why everybody's just losing it. I'll tell you more about that. So without further ado, let's get started, get 2018 started right. Let's start with the most talked about stories for today. Hit it. All right. Well, if you didn't see the Golden Globes Awards this past Sunday, you know, it was hosted by uh, Seth Meyers, who did a fantastic job being the host of the first award of the award ceremony for this award season for 2018. You know, there were, and if you didn't see it, I'll give you a rundown. You know, there was movies about a mother's relentless protest, a high school girl coming of age that took center stage at the Sunday Night Golden Globe, along with the Me Too movement that pulled back the curtain on sexual harassment in Hollywood and beyond. The movie Three Billboards, which follows a mother seeking answers to her daughter's unsolved murder, took the prize for Best Motion Picture Drama, while Lady Bird, which explored themes of sexual uh, manipulation, won for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. The film also led to awards for Frances McDormand, who won Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture Drama for her Three Billboard Performance, and Cyrus Ronan, who won Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture Musical or Comedy for her Lady Bird Performance. But it was the show behind the show that had the entertainment world buzzing. The 75th Annual Golden Globes in Los Angeles, the first major award show since the sexual harassment scandal that surrounded Hollywood royalty, including producers Harvey Weinstein and actor Kevin Spacey, broke during the fall, was not shy about addressing the topic. A parade of stars made bold political and fashion statements with stunning black ensembles. Other winners included, again, James Franco for Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical for Playing a Legendary Bad Director in The Disaster Artist. And uh, Guillermo del Toro, he won for Best Director for The Shape of Water. Big Little Lies picked up the awards for Best TV Limited Series along with the cast members, Nicole Kidman, uh, she got Best Actress, and Laura Dern, she was honored as Best Supporting Actress. Uh, Dern ended her acceptance speech with a message to the women who had come forward with their stories of sexual abuse. Oprah Winfrey, she accepted her a Cecil B. DeMille Lifetime Achievement Award with an impassionate speech about empowerment. Uh, in other moving movement movements of the award show, uh, 101-year-old Kirk Douglas, he appeared with his daughter-in-law, Catherine Zeta-Jones, to present a screenplay award. And other big-name presenters, including Barbara Streisand and comedy legend Carol Burnett. Now, Seth Meyers, again, who was the host, he had the task of walking the fine line between the funny and the sensitive. The late-night talk show who hosts uh, the, and it's also a Saturday Night Live alum, he just dived right in it. He didn't waste no time. He quickly addressed the scandal, and he made jokes about Weinstein and Spacey. 
Um, he also acknowledged the discomfort of many in the crowd at the Beverly Hilton Hotel, and he just got a big reaction uh, when he said that the when he hammered about Weinstein, who became the ugly face of harassment when a stream of actresses and women behind the scenes accused him of sexual misconduct or rape, often in hotel rooms. He had summoned them to for meetings, and he called Weinstein the elephant not in the room. He pointed out his notable absence. But, um, you know, it was a I, – I just like – that the women who they you know they made a movement by dressing in all black in all black ensemble the all black dresses and the pantsuits even jumpsuits and uh, it was an amazing night and uh, you know people were talking about you know is this the start of other award shows to come will they be following this uh, movement throughout the whole award season. So we have to see what happens because the next award show is the Screen Actors Guild. So that should be coming up soon. Um, also, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss said that she's, uh, who uh, was not surprised that the Hulu, Hulu women-centric uh, epic show, The Handmaid's Tale, she wasn't surprised that it resonated with viewers and won the Golden Globe for Best TV Drama. Uh, actress Blanca Blanco, there was controversy behind her because she was the only woman on the red carpet that wore a red dress. So you know social media went in on her and her choice of attire. Uh, actor Sam Rockwell, he wore black from head to toe. Um, he also he was a winner of a Golden Globe Award. Also, um, there were so many. It was it was an interesting show. It was, you know, and it, one thing about this award show, you know, usually the uh, the media asks, you know, the celebrities who they're wearing, what dress, where you get that from. They didn't talk about that. Everybody knew that they was here for a movement, a cause. And that's what was the whole theme of the night. Uh, so it, it was an interesting award show. And, again, Seth Meyers did a fantastic job by breaking the ice gently, but at the same time to be as funny as well. So, But getting back to uh, Oprah Winfrey, you know, uh, people are talking about that incredible speech that she gave. And since she, since then, everybody's like, Oprah Winfrey for 2020, but she isn't actively considering a presidential run, but she is intrigued, according to her best friend, Gail King. Uh, King said, um, you know, Gail King, she's the co-host of CBS This Morning, she said on a Tuesday broadcast of the show that she thinks Oprah is intrigued by the idea, but she don't, that's all that she, that's all it is to it. Uh, she loves this country. She would like to be of service in some way, but she doesn't think that she will actively consider it. Now, Winfrey's rousing nine-minute speech at the Golden Globe on Sunday night left many wondering if the longtime TV host has presidential ambitions. Now, while accepting her C- a Cecil B. DeMille Award, she addressed the sexual harassment blighting Hollywood and promise a new day is on the horizon. She also described being in the room as electrifying and said producer wanted her to to originally keep it at three minutes. They originally wanted her to keep her speech 
three minutes or under. But according to Gail, she didn't want to speak to young. She she really did want to speak to the young girls in this country. She really did want to say enough already, and she thinks she delivered it all in a very eloquent way. Now, longtime Bo Stedman Graham, after the uh, Sunday night speech, he signaled that Winfrey might run. Uh, he told the Los Angeles Times that it was up to the people. She would actually do it. But uh, Gail King, she said Tuesday that he mistook what the report asked him. Well, you know, he didn't quite understand what the reporter was asking him. So Stedman said that he thought... The reporter said to him, would she make a good president? And he said, absolutely, she would. Uh, but, you know, uh, Stedman has been with Oprah for a long time. He's been her partner, her her boyfriend, her right-hand man for a long time. And the speech, even um, even first daughter Ivanka Trump was moved by the speech. She even tweeted that her speech was empowering and inspiring. And also, uh, sources told CNN on Monday that Winfrey's friend was urging her to seek the Democratic nomination, potentially setting up a face-off against Trump uh, as the presumptive Republican nominee. Now, a White House spokesman said Monday that Trump team would welcome Winfrey's candidacy or that of anyone else. But Oprah said in her own words also come into play that she told The Hollywood Reporter last June that she would never run for public office. And she even said, you know, I, I, I can't run. She said, I have no clue. I have nothing. I have no idea how things are run. But then she paused and she thought about Donald Trump and said that didn't stop him. So why not? And uh, there's people who have worked with President Obama on his campaign that said they are willing to quit their jobs and help campaign for Oprah. It's not a bad idea. I mean, Oprah is a force to be reckoned with. She always has been. She uh, is a billionaire. She's been on the top four list as one of the most um, – she's been on the four billionaire list for, what, several years straight. She has a successful communication company. She has a successful magazine. She had a remember the Oprah Winfrey show was number one in the ratings for what for ten years. So she has the potential, and she she has that presence, that 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 bold presence, that bold voice. She's a voice of reasoning that makes her a potential candidate. But now people are saying you can't go by that. That's not enough. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if she really dances with the idea, if she really is intrigued. We'll see. Uh, James Franco denied allegations of inappropriate behavior during an appearance on The Late Show with uh, Stephen Colbert that took a tense turn last night. He began going back and forth with Stephen Colbert, reflecting on his Golden Globe win, he was then confronted with allegations that surfaced on social media after the award show. He first addressed a since-deleted tweet from the Breakfast Club star Ali Sheedy that questioned why he was allowed to attend the Globes in the first place. This is what she said. Um, no, this is what James Franco said. He said he had no idea what he did to Ali Sheedy. He said, quote, I directed her in a play off-Broadway. I had nothing but a great time with her, and I have total respect for her. 
He also told, told Stephen Colbert that unspecified sexual assault claims spreading on Twitter were not accurate. Now, Franco snagged Best Actor for portraying Tommy uh, Wiseau in The Disaster Artist, which depicted the making of the cult hit flick The Room. And Colbert, changed, uh, he challenged Franco by first asking about the contradic- contradiction of wearing a time-up pin to support victims of sexual misconduct during the entertainment gala. Franco said he supported people coming out and being able to have a voice because they didn't have a voice for so long. He contended the point of both movements, including the viral hashtag MeToo campaign, saying that we need to listen to these women. He said, quote, in my life, I pride myself on taking responsibility for things that I've done. I have to do that to maintain my well-being. I do it whenever I know that there's something wrong and I need to change and and needs to be changed. I can't live if there's restitution to be made. I will make it. If I've done something wrong, I will fix it. I have to. I think that's how that works. Unquote. The Golden Globes kicked off the Time Up initiative that was launched more by by more than 300 actresses that aimed to fight sexual harassment and assault in the workplace. And after Franco's film victory, several actresses accused him of sexual misconduct. Uh, Violet Paley, who claimed the actor sexually assaulted her and tried to lure her 17-year-old friend to his hotel room. Uh, the uh, she wrote on Twitter, quote, cute hashtag time up pin James Frankel. Remember the time you pushed my head down in a car towards your exposed penis and that other time you told my friend to come to your hotel when she was 17 after you had already been caught doing that to a different 17-year-old. This is what she wrote on Twitter. Earlier on Tuesday, she also claimed, Paley, she claimed that Franco called and apologized well before she penned her tweet. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, she said that uh, Jane Franco offered her and a few other girls an overdue, annoyed, convenient phone apology. This is what she tweeted. She said, um, I don't accept, but maybe some other people's lives would be made easier easier if he donated all his earnings from the disaster artist to Rain. And another former student of James Franco's acting school, Sarah Teether Kaplan, claimed that he asked her to strip down on the set for only $100 per day after she signed a vague and general at best contract. Now, after the backlash to the claim mounted, the New York Times canceled a time talk, which was scheduled this evening. It was an event scheduled with uh, James Franco. The event was intended to be a discussion of the making of the film, The Disaster Artist. Given the controversy surrounding the recent allegation, they said they no longer were comfortable proceeding in that vein. So this is what the Times said in the statement. Now, Serena Williams, she appeared on the new cover of Vogue with her daughter, Alexis Jr., and it, she opens up in the pages about enduring two months of complications after giving birth. The 36-year-old tennis champ said in the magazine February 2018 issue that her pregnancy was easy, but she had to go, undergo a emergency C-section due to her daughter's low heart rate during contraction. The next day, William felt short of breath and assumed she was having pulmonary embolism because of her history with blood clots. She underwent a CT scan, and several small clots were found in her lungs. Now, things got worse in the sixth 
uh, in the six days that followed, she had a uh, the C-section would open, would pop open, and she said that the doctor found that a large hematoma had flooded her abdomen. Now, when she finally returned home after several surgeries, she was unable to get out of bed for six weeks. Um, she said she was so happy to change diapers, but on top of everything she went through, the feeling of not being able to help made it even harder. That's what, according to her husband, uh, Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian, he told. That's what he told Vogue. But since then, Serena had found motherhood to be demanding yet rewarding. Um, she said that sometimes she feels down. She feels really down, and she says she feels like she can't do this. Uh, she said that the same negative attitudes that she had on the court sometimes. This is what she was feeling. And she said that uh, no one talks about the low moments, the pressure you feel, the incredible letdown every time you hear the baby cry. And she even broke down a couple of times herself, or she would get angry about the baby crying, and then she gets sad about being angry, and then the guiltiness comes in. You know, why do I feel so sad when, you know, I have this beautiful baby? You know, she said that the emotions are insane. But despite the rough start, the four-time Olympic gold medalist has nothing but love for Alexis Jr., whom she called Olympia, the baby's middle name, while her husband preferred Junior. Now, William had to pull out of the Australian Open this year due to her medical situation, but she's looking forward to getting back on the court. Right now we have 25 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you listen to the Another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones. Give where every Wednesday I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you are a registered listener here on Block Talk Radio and you want to follow the show, click on the follow-up button on top of the show page, and that way it will send you a reminder when I broadcast live. If you can't tune in every Wednesday, and you can't, or if you can only tune in for the first 25 or 30 minutes, you can always go back to the archives here, right here on Block Talk Radio. You can also check us out on iTunes, and you can also check us out on Stitcher.com. Uh, Meghan Markle, Markle just got less social. Uh, the future bride of Prince Harry deactivated her Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter account yesterday, about a month and a half after announcing her engagement to the British royal. She decided to delete her social media account because she had not used them for some time. Now, the deactivation comes about nine months after Markle, who took down the lifestyle website site that she created called The Tig, she did not provide a reason when she deleted the site, which featured posts about food, travel, and sources of inspiration. Now, Margaret, who rose to fame as an actress on the USA drama series Suits, boasted over 1.9 million Instagram followers and over 350,000 Twitter followers before removing the account, and this is according to the BBC. Social media for the royal family is typical handled by the official account of Kingston Palace and Clarence House rather than individual members having their own pages. Markle and Harry were first romantically linked in October 2016, and he confirmed their relationship shortly after. They were frequently spotted together from there, and they announced their engagement late last November. Harry and Markle made the first appearance as an engaged couple in early December, a few days after the big announcement, when they visited hundreds of people lined the street in Nottingham, England. And word has it that Diddy is looking up to sign the young 
boy who was caught in the H&M racist firestorm. After the child appears in the ad sporting a hoodie that read coolest monkey in the jungle, it's being reported that Diddy plans on hiring the child for his own brand, Sean John. Now, even though the, the it's, they said that he's even offering a one million contract on the table, there's no word yet if the if the young boy had accepted the offer, and P Diddy people refused to comment when approached by Metro.co.uk. But it would certainly be one heck of an outcome of this crazy controversial storm. Now, as previously reported, H&M particularly apologized for the ad, saying in the statement that the image that they have now removed from all H&M channel said they also apologized for anyone that they had offended. They also added by writing on Twitter that they understood that many people were upset about the image of the, child, the child's hoodie and that they were uh, working they that that the people who work at H and M can only agree that they were deeply sorry that the picture was taken, that they regret the actual print was put out there, and they decide that they're not only removing the image from all channel, but they're also removing the garment from their product offering. Uh, it's obvious that the routine hadn't been followed properly, and this is without any doubt they have thoroughly investigate why this happened to prevent this type of mistake from happening again. And in the continual fallout of the ad, rapper GE had joined the weekend in cutting all ties with the clothing company. GE had partnered with H&M for a line that was supposed to launch on March 1st. The weekend, he also launched his debut line with the Swedish brand in 2017. It was the first to end his partnership. He told the social media, uh, he, he said on social media on Monday, quote, woke up this morning shocked and embarrassed by this photo. I'm deeply offended and will not be working with H&M anymore, unquote. Now, here's the latest. The child's mother, Terry Mango, told an African paper that she didn't see what was the uproar about. Uh, she told uh, African, I'm sorry, it was African Warrior Magazine that she felt that she didn't see, she felt that people needed to get over it. Uh, she even took the Facebook and said that people were just blowing it out of proportion. Um, you can, you know, when I hear, and, and and that goes back to the ad itself. Who, Where was the mother when he was taking these photos with this, this thing on this this statement this uh this monkey comment on the sweatshirt they're like where was the mother now we got to understand why they went forward to with this now um the little boy and his mom they're from Kenya they moved to Stockholm Sweden where H&M their headquarters is based and she said she didn't know what was the uproar about but you have to understand, um, if you don't know the history behind something like that, then we don't, you know, I always say when people don't see, understand why it's so controversial, why it's such a big deal, because you got to understand the history here in the United States and throughout the world, that African Americans were, were called monkeys, apes. It has a derogatory back comment behind that. That's just like the same with um, certain people wearing blackface and pretending they're black by walking around with blackface. You know, if you don't see, uh, just recently, 
um, there was a, a correctional uh, facility in Georgia, in the state of Georgia, here in the United States, where they took a recent uh, kind of a picture to celebrate the Christmas holiday. And it had um, these people who, I guess they are correction officers, in the middle of a cotton field in Georgia. Now, cotton is Georgia, was Georgia main crop. They discontinue that. But they're in the middle of this cotton field, and they have four African-American correctional officers in the middle. Three are women sitting in the middle of it, and they have one African-American man on the side. There was an uproar behind that. And some people said they didn't understand what was wrong with that picture. But you got to remember the history behind why it was upsetting, because black people who were slaves in this country were that's what they did. They picked cotton, and black people were beaten, some beaten to a, to a point where blood used to be splattered all over the cotton. It's 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 just like with the Confederate flag. There's a race. There's a ugly history behind it, behind the Confederate flag, behind cotton field, and behind a statement being called a monkey. So when I hear people that don't understand, they don't know their history or they don't know the history here in America, that these statements, when someone, when an African-American is called a monkey or a black person is called a monkey, it has racist meaning behind it. And I, I mean, a lot of people just went in on this woman on this, saying, what do you mean you don't understand what's the big deal? But, again, she probably don't know the history. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, people went in, and and, and for much good reason they should win in. Uh, right now we have uh, 26 minutes uh, after the hour. Uh, coming up in the next 30 minutes, uh, I'm going to give you the latest on uh, singer Lana Del Rey. She's being sued by the group Radiohead. And I'll tell you why they're suing her. Also, speaking of uh, another actor, Michael Douglas has come forward because there's a potential claim about him sexually harassing women as he goes public. Also, uh, speaking of another uh, person that's accused of inappropriate sexual behavior, Russell Simmons. Well, his past is still catching up with him. We found out two more women have gone to the police and filed criminal complaints on him. Also coming up in the next hour, the Recording Academy has just announced this year's Lifetime Achievement Award honorees, and I'll tell you who they are. And uh, Bruno Mars, he pays homage to one of the 90s, most watched sketch comedy series. I'll tell you who he teamed up with, and I'll, te- I'll tell you who what comedy sketch series he played homage to for his latest music video. All those stories are coming up in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere.
coming over. Told that bitch to kick rock, she act like it's a boulder. Hey, Rory, shopping, that means copping, always popping, hella popping. She's a popper, homie, hopping, ain't no stopping. Album dropping, got the city on fire.
she still stand by the track. Radiohead was once on the opposite side of a similar lawsuit. Albert Hammond and Mike Hazelwood sued the band for copyright infringement due to similarities between Creep and the holy song, The Air That I Breathe. Hammond and Hazelwood are now credited as Creep co-writers and split royalties with the band after settling out of court. And Michael Douglas is coming forward before a potential claim about him being uh, sexually harassing a woman that went public. The Oscar winner actor told Deadline that the Hollywood Reporter and Variety recently contacted his attorney before the holidays to say that they wanted to do a story about the allegation, thus he felt the need to get ahead of this. Douglas stated that the woman, who was his former employee 32 years ago, claimed that he used colorful language in front of her and accused the actor of masturbating in front of her. The woman further alleged that Douglas fired and blackballed her from getting another job. Regarding the profanity, Douglas admitted that he did say it in front of her, but none of it was directed at her. He also added that she may have overheard private conversation, and if she was offended, she could have excused herself. The 73-year-old actor then denied that he blackballed the woman whom he described as a sophisticated intelligent. Talking about the masturbation claim, he said that it is a complete lie, fabrication, no truth to it, so whatsoever. Douglas went on saying that he was upset and offended by the accusation. He said that Quote, it wasn't the new year I had anticipated. I'm having a hard time understanding it. I'm fearful. I have jobs going with studios who all seem to be supported at this time. I wonder if people realize when they do something like this, it hurts a lot more than just one person, unquote. And Russell Simmons, his past is catching up with him. We just learned that two more women have gone to the police and filed criminal complaints. According to law enforcement sources, the two women filed police reports with the NYPD late last month, alleging that the music mogul raped them in 1983 and 1991, respectively. Simmons is entering a Bill Cosby territory with the total number of women accusing him of sexual misconduct, and now that number is at 13. No, I'm sorry, and now the anonymous woman makes it 14. Simmons, of course, had denied all previous claims against him. He even took and passed a polygraph in an attempt to refute at least one of the allegations. Meanwhile, the NYPD is already investigating Simmons for at least seven claims of sexual misconduct. And TBS has officially pulled the plug on Louis C.K.'s cop, the Cops, I should say. The animated comedy has been given a 10-episode straight-to-series order in January of 2017, but the production was suspended in November after C.K. confessed to sexually harassing multiple women. Cops would have followed Al, played by Mel Brooks and Lou C.K., two Los Angeles patrolmen trying and sometimes failing to protect and serve. C.K. admitted to masturbating in front of multiple women after an explosive New York Times article in November. After his statement, TBS also removed C.K. from his executive producer role on four other shows, including Better Things and Baskets. Shortly before Thanksgiving, the network laid off more than 100 staffers from cops. 
and less than a month after PBS dropped Tavis Smiley's talk show after he reportedly sexually harassed and had inappropriate relationship with subordinates, the veteran talk show host announced on Monday a deal to work with a new series about inspirational stories. USA Today reported that his series, The Upside with Tavis Smiley, will be streamed online and shown on the Word Network, a religious-oriented cable and satellite channel geared for black viewers. He also announced a five-city town hall tour to talk about relationships in the workplace. Smiley's new show is expected to start in the spring. His late-night PBS show aired for 14 years before it was dropped late last year amid trouble allegations against the award-winning journalist and author. His new series has also struck a deal for international distribution as well as his production company, Inventory of Interview, that he conducted in the past. He also plans to host a book and online course in Leading by Listening. Smiley will moderate discussion about acceptable workplace behavior at his town hall appearance in Chicago, Los Angeles, New Orleans, Washington, D.C., and San Francisco. And the Recording Academy has announced this year's Lifetime Achievement Award honorees. Among them are Queen, rock superstar Tina Turner, singer-songwriter Neil Diamond, and country legend Emma Lou Harris. The organization behind the Grammy also announced musicians who will be presented with two other special America Awards at the annual event. This year's trustee award honorees include rock concert pioneer Bill Graham and Oscar-winning composer John Williams. Meanwhile, uh, Tony Agnello and Richard Factor, who helped build the audio company Evertie, will receive technical Grammy Award. Prior to this, the organization announced the first lineup of performers at the upcoming event. The list include Lady Gaga, Pink, Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover, and Little Big Time. This will mark Gambino's first performance at the event, while Gaga will perform for the sixth time. Furthermore, all four of the confirmed performers have been nominated for multiple awards this year. While Gaga is up for two awards, the beautiful Trauma songstress is in the running for Best Pop Solo Performance Award for her song, What About Us? This year's list of nominees is dominated by Jay-Z with eight nods, including Record of the Year and Best Rap Song for the Story of O.J., Kendrick Lamar and Bruno Mars follow closely behind with seven nods, and the 60th Grammy Award will take place on January 28th at New York City Madison Square Garden, and James Corden will be returning as guest. And speaking of Bruno Mars, he teamed up with Cardi B for the remake of his song, Finesse, and the music video pays homage to the sketch comedy series In Living Color. The show aired for five seasons from 1990 to 1994 and received an Emmy in 1990. Peep the series into via the clip of uh, uh, it's It's like you, you can tell he, he the this video is like a... Well, the music video has Cardi and Bruno dancing on stage, and it looks very similar to the iconic stage from the hit show. And there's even some Fly Girls-inspired dance choreography. In the weeks since the video dropped, stars of the Living Color show, such as the Wayans, Sean, Kim, Damian, and Marlon, they have even taken to social media to show love for the visual. Um, on Twitter, Mars thanked everyone for the support of the video, posting, in Living Color, was it was in living color was it growing up pop culture comedy fashion dance and all your superstars he went on to say there had never been another show like it 
And uh, when Kanye West became aware that a young fan who was battling cancer wanted to meet him, he jumped at the chance to connect with her. The fan family tried hard to get in touch with him, and when word finally reached Kanye, the rapper FaceTimed the girl last week. How nice. They chatted for a while, and she even asked Kanye to rap. And uh, she asked him to rap I Love Kanye, her favorite song. And he was more than happy to oblige. Sadly, she died a short time later. And uh, right now we have 11 minutes left remaining in the show. Wow, time is moving. I'm going to take another break, and when I come back, I'll give you the last remaining stories for the day. So uh, don't go anywhere.
That was Maroon 5 featuring SZA in What Lovers Do. All right, we have seven minutes left remaining in the show. And for the last remaining stories for today, the judge in the Venus William Wrongford wrongful death lawsuit has issued an order allowing the family of the deceased to subpoena Williams' phone records. Page 6 reports that the subpoena records could reveal if Williams was distracted by talking on the phone or texting at the time of the crash. Her rep has denied that the tennis champ was distracted and insisted that she entered an intersection on a green light, but had to stop to avoid hitting a turning Nissan Altima when her SUV was hit by Jerome Barson's car, which had a green light. Barson died two weeks later at the hospital from blunt trauma. And former President Barack Obama and his wife Michelle Obama will be on hands at their portrait are unveiled next month at the Smithsonian. The couple will take part in a private ceremony on February 12th at the National Portrait Gallery that will offer the first look at the new works of art. Now, artist Kahindi Wiley, who the Smithsonian said is the best known for his vibrant, large-scale paintings of African Americans, was chosen by the National Portrait Gallery to paint the former commander-in-chief. Amy Shelrod, an artist based in Baltimore, was selected to paint Michelle Obama. The pair of portraits will join the America's President exhibit at the gallery in Washington as part of its permanent installation. And ABC had originally um, passed on a 90s spinoff of its 80s set comedy, The Goldbergs, in May, but the network African-American entertainment president, Shannon Dungy, had a change of heart. The network just announced on Monday that School, the Adam F. Goldberg-created spinoff, will indeed air as an episode of the flagship series later this month. The episode titled The Goldbergs 1990-something will pick up where the Goldbergs leave off at William Penn Academy in the 1990s as former teacher and now head of the school, John Glasscott, played by Tim Meadows, will lead a faculty with different views on how to mentor students. He recruit a tough-as-nail sister, Lucy, played by Nia Long, to join his staff and enroll his, his uh, her teenage daughters, Felicia, played by Rachel Crow, and Gigi, played by Summer Parker, as new students. Now, uh, Lucy is desperate to ensure that they avoid the social pitfalls of high school and find herself torn between Glasscott nurturing and communicative approach to parenting and Coach Mellor, played by Brian Callen, who is this tough guy who believes that physical competition brings out the best in students. Even Beverly Goldberg, who's played by Wendy uh, McLendon-Covey, she's going to come and visit the school staff despite all the kids having already graduated, and they can't help but meddle in one last time. So according to this, um, the spinoff is supposed to be uh, starting in May, but the Goldberg 1990 episode is set to air on Wednesday, January 24th at 8 p.m. on ABC. And uh, Willie Nelson, he won't be on the road again for a couple of weeks as he recovered from an illness. The country music icon, icon who is now 84, he canceled several concerts after cutting short a show in San Diego over the weekend due to health issues. Nelson is battling a bad cold or flu and is currently at his home in Maui. The veteran performer ended his concert at uh, Harrow's, uh, Harrow, I'm sorry, Harrow's, 
uh, Resort SoCal on Saturday without completing his first song called Whiskey River as he began coughing on stage. Now, Nelson had been scheduled to perform at uh, Ronert Park in California on Wednesday before heading to a gig in Las Vegas on Friday and Saturday and in uh, Laughlin, Nevada on Sunday, but each of those shows is now scrapped. He is set to resume his tour on February 7th in Macon, Georgia. Nelson is scheduled to perform eight concerts overall in February, in addition to tour more in Central Texas in April. The country crooner canceled a number of shows in 2017, including several early on in the year due to an undisclosed illness. He also ended the show early in Salt Lake City last August due to the high altitude. And uh, there's a new face on this morning. Uh, John Dickerson, the anchor of the CBS Sunday news program, Face the Nation, will take over hosting duties on CBS this morning from Charlie Rose at Rose after uh, Rose was ousted in November over allegations of sexual misconduct from several women. Uh, this is what CBS announced yesterday. Uh, Dickerson had joined CBS in 2009 as an analyst and a contributor, and by 2011 he was named the network's political director. In addition to his gig as host of Face the Nation, which he took over in 2015, he also served as the chief Washington correspondent for CBS News. The D.C. native also served as a political columnist for Slate magazine. He joined fellow hosts Nora O'Donnell and Gail King on the daytime talk show. And uh, the the um, the NFL just scored another big name performer for next month's Super Bowl. Pop star Pink is set to sing the national anthem ahead of the February fourth title game at the U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. She takes the stage a year before Luke Bryan performed the Star Spangled Banner before the big game last February. Lady Gaga, Alicia Keys, Christina Aguilera, and Carrie Underwood are among the other entertainers to recently perform the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Pink performers come at the end of an NFL season where over 100 players kneel during the national anthem to protest the mistreatment of people in color in the United States. The protest, which was sparked by Colin Kaepernick in 2016, garnered even more attention in October after President Trump called the NFL owners to release any players who kneel or made another gesture during the anthem. Pink is the latest household name to be added to the Super Bowl festivities. The NFL confirmed in October that Justin Timberlake is returning to headline the Super Bowl halftime show 14 years after he infamously tore away a portion of Janet Jackson's top of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl stage in an incident that's now referred to as Nipplegate. Well, that will do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy jones Give Have a great day. Stay safe, and I will talk to you next time. Take care. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.